Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Bald Head Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to maybe minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Samuel turned towards all the people of Israel and said, This is your king! And he points towards the spot. And it's crickets, 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 crickets. It's completely empty. Where's Saul? Clearly God chose Saul by lot to be king. And where's Saul? And all the people are cheering, long live the king. Long, hey, wait, wait, stop. There's nobody there. Oh, what? What? We can't cheer? No, he's not there. And they're like, where is he? And so they start looking for him. And Saul is supposed to be king. God chose him. So they look amongst, is he amongst the crowd? No, he's not there. Is he over hanging out with his mom and dad? No, he's not over there. And they look amongst the cattle. Maybe he was getting his horse all shiny and new and ready. No, he's not there. I don't know where he is. And then somebody says, here he is. He's over here amongst the baggage. And they all come over, running over, and there is Saul hiding down amongst the baggage. Basically, he's hiding amongst all the luggage people brought to this celebration. They probably all piled it in one spot, and there is Saul hiding amongst the luggage. Samuel comes up to him, holds out his hand, helps him stand up, dusts him off, and he turns towards the people, Here is your king! Yay! Long live the king! Long live the king! Long live the king! And Saul says, Hey, <laughs> just too humble. I don't want to be king too humble. And as he walks away, I wonder if Samuel's thinking, Really, God? Is this the one who's supposed to be king? I can imagine Samuel staring up at the sky. Really, Yahweh? This is the first king of Israel? The one who's supposed to unite all these tribes together into one mighty unit? Seriously? 
I mean, how did we get here, right? Well, if you remember in the last episode, one of the reasons we're here is because of sin. The people of Israel said, we want a king like everybody else. We want a king like everybody else. And God said, you know, you want a king like everybody else. But ultimately, you're, you're, you are rejecting me as your king. You've already got a king. It's me. It's Yahweh. It's God Almighty. And at this great ceremony that's supposed to kick off the new monarchy that's going to lead Israel, Samuel reminds him of that very fact. He said, the whole reason we're here giving you as a king is because you've rejected Yahweh as king. And so he's chosen this man to be your king. I mean, it wasn't a good reason that they were there in the first place. See, it's interesting. In the book of Deuteronomy, which was written years before these whole events happened with Samuel and Saul and him becoming king, in Deuteronomy, it says that there will be a king, and here are the rules for that king. There was going to be a king to lead Israel one day. The sin was the people wanted it now, and they wanted it in their own way. And ultimately, they wanted it because they did not want God as their king. It still blows my mind. Why not? Look what he was doing for you. He just defeated the Philistines by thundering from heaven. And you didn't even have to fight. And he did it all for you. And yet that wasn't good enough. Well, the people wanted a king. And the king God gave them, his name is Saul. If you ever have to win a trivia contest and the question is, who was the first king of Israel? You should say the first human king of Israel. You should say Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. And it says here in 1 Samuel chapter 9 that Saul was a handsome man. He was a beautiful man. In fact, it says there in 1 Samuel chapter 9 that there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than Saul. Basically saying in all of America, you are the best looking dude. That's what it's saying. Then the other thing it says is that Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was tall. So he's taller than everybody else. He's much better looking than everybody else. Why would you not want him to be king? This will be great. But remember, it's in 1 Samuel where we get that phrase, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And right here in 1 Samuel chapter 9, whoever's writing this, he's giving us subtle hints. And one of the first subtle hints that comes right out of the beginning that Saul is the son of a man named Kish, who's very wealthy. And Kish is from the tribe of Benjamin. And that's the problem. Because at this point in Israel's history, if you're from the tribe of Benjamin, you are not seen in a very favorable light. 
You know, it's like the NFL. You have all these really good teams. Then you have the team that loses so much. And if you get a player from there, you're not that impressed because they're not very good to begin with. Or maybe you have a friend who, of all your friends, you're like, I don't even know if he likes me. And, and he says bad things about me. He's still my friend, but you don't really trust him. You know that guy? Well, that's the tribe of Benjamin. Remember, Israel is made up of 12 tribes, and the rest of the 12 tribes of Israel at this point do not really trust the tribe of Benjamin. Why? Because they've just gotten through the period of the judges, and one of the incidents in the book of Judges is this horrible situation where a woman was basically murdered by men of the tribe of Benjamin. And the tribe of Benjamin, instead of taking these men and serving them justice, instead defended them. And so all of Israel came to war to fight the tiny tribe of Benjamin. And Benjamin said, come on, let's do it. And they had this little mini civil war. And eventually the tribe of Benjamin was nearly wiped out and wiped off the map. That shouldn't have happened in the first place. But Saul, our new king, is from the tribe of Benjamin. And Saul even admits this later that, hey, you want to anoint me? I'm from the least favored tribe. Well, whoever's writing this book, probably Samuel, he's letting you know, the reader, that we have a problem with Saul. And one of the problems is... He's from a bad tribe. The second problem with Saul we meet right off is that he is not very bright. He's not very good at what he does because we find him looking for donkeys. Saul was supposed to be herding and protecting these donkeys with his servant. And remember, he's of the tribe of Benjamin, the son of Kish. And Kish has a lot of money and this huge herd of donkeys, but... We meet Saul, and he's lost his donkeys. He can't find them. He's looking everywhere, high and low, and can't find them at all. Where are these donkeys? What happened to them? And they've been searching them for day after day. Right off the bat, we find that Saul's a little incompetent. He's incompetent. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's good-looking. He's tall. But seriously, this is going to be your king? Well, they've been searching for those donkeys for days. And finally, they get near the land of Zuff, which I think is a cool name for a land, Z-U-P-H, the land of Zuff. And Saul says, listen, let's turn around because my dad might be getting nervous at this point. We've been gone a long time, he says to his servant. And, well, they're about to turn when the servant says, wait, 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 wait. See that city up ahead? Inside that city is supposed to be a man of God. He calls him a seer, somebody who can see the future. The person they're referring to is Samuel. They use the word seer there instead of prophet at this time. And the servant says, yeah, there's a seer there. Let's get him to tell us where our donkeys are and maybe he can help us. And Saul's like, all right, yeah, that's a good idea. And they start walking towards the city. Wait, wait, says Saul. Oh, I don't have any money and I don't have any bread. We don't have anything to give him so he'll tell us the future. 
And right here again, we see incompetence. He's not prepared. He's that type of guy that you invite to go to McDonald's with you. And when you get up to pay for your food, the guy goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, man, I left my wallet back at home. Could you pay for me? Yes, I'll pay for you. Don't worry. And, you know, you you end up paying for him. You roll your eyes. Well, that's what this servant must have been. He must have rolled his eyes and said, seriously? And the servant says, don't worry. I've got some shekels of silver. I'll take care of it. And they go into the city and they start asking around, hey, have you? do you know where the seer is? And they bump into these women and they say, do you know where the seer of this town is? And they said, yes, he's gone just ahead of us to go up to the high place to worship and the sacrifice. Oh, great, great, says Saul and his servant. They start heading off and they bump into this man and they say, do you know where the seer is? We have to talk to him. And the man turns around with a big smile on his face because you know who they just bumped into samuel and samuel's looking up and he probably asks him where are you from the man says I'm, I'm from the tribe of benjamin and bingo samuel was so happy see the day before yahweh had come to samuel and said listen Tomorrow, I am going to send you the man who will be the prince over my people. And he's going to be from the tribe of Benjamin. And you're going to meet him. And when you meet him, I need you to anoint him. And just minutes before he showed up, the Lord had said to Samuel, Look, he's here. He's here. And so Samuel didn't let him know. He didn't say anything. He just said, I'm so glad you're here. And so they go up to the high place and they worship God and they offer some sacrifices. And then Samuel says, listen, Saul, why don't you stay, you and your servant, and we've got a meal for you and you can stay overnight. And Saul's like, hey, this is this is pretty good. Yeah, we'll stay. And it's getting late anyway. So they go in and there's a meal all set to go. Like this man, the seer, had prepared all this for his coming. How did he know I was even going to be here? And he sits him at the head of the table and Samuel nods at the cook and the cook comes out and gives Saul the best portion of the food. The biggest leg of the beef that they're eating and he cuts it off for him and mmm tastes so good why is this um this tastes so good why is this why is this prophet treating me so well why is this seer this this guy named samuel treating me with such honor and and then he says all right i want you to go up to my best bedroom and their best bedroom back then was the roof and they had a blanket laid out and Saul and his servant slept on the roof. Now, why was that the best? Well, it was the coolest. You'd get the cool breeze. And you didn't sit there and sweat in the lowest part of the room. No, you're up on top of the roof when it's hot and the heat beats down on you. And even after it goes dark, it's still hot. Well, up on the roof, it's awesome. It's like continual air conditioning. 
He gives me the best food and he gives me the best places to sleep. Wow, this is really kind of him. And So the next morning, Samuel wakes Saul up and he says, Hey, you better head out. I want to make sure that you, you know, get back home. And earlier, Samuel had told Saul, Don't worry about your donkeys. They were found three days after you lost them. In fact, your dad is probably more worried about you and where you're at right now. So don't worry about your donkeys. And so... Saul gets up and he starts heading out with a servant, confident that his donkeys have been found. And that's when Samuel stops Saul and says, Hey, send your servant on ahead. I've got something to tell you. I've got something to share with you. So the servant goes on ahead and then Samuel pulls out a little jar. It's oil. And he takes off the lid and he lifts it up and he pours it on the head of Saul. And it says it drips down and he says, I am now anointing you king over Israel. And it says he kisses him on the forehead and says, you are now king. You are now king. And Saul Probably he looks at Samuel and says, Me? I'm 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 barely worthy. I, I don't know if I should be king. And Samuel says to Saul, Listen, you are king. And there are going to be three signs that are going to happen today that is going to confirm that you should be king. First of all, you're going to meet two women near this famous landmark of Israel, and they're going to tell you the whereabouts of your lost donkey. So these two women at this specific spot are going to tell you where your lost donkeys are. Secondly, you're going to meet three men at that, remember that tree of Tabor where we all make those decisions and all those famous historical things happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to meet three men at that spot who are going to give you two loaves of bread. And that's going to be another sign that this is from the Lord. And and thirdly, you're going to meet a whole bunch of prophets descending from the high place at Gibeah. And they are also going to confirm that you need and are to be king. And Saul thought to himself, wow, Really? I'm going to meet two women at that landmark who are going to tell me where my lost donkeys are. I'm, I'm going to meet three men who are going to give me two loaves of bread. And then I'm going to meet all those prophets. And when those things happen, I know that this truly is of the Lord. And Saul looks at Samuel and Samuel smiles and he says, you better go. You better go. And so it says, 1 Samuel 10, verse 9, When Saul turned his back to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart. What that basically means is that the Holy Spirit is now coming into him and helping to change his heart from a man who was, you know, just some ordinary dude the day before, and now he's going to be the king of Israel He's going to work for the Lord. And as he starts to head home, these prophecies, these signs happen. He finds those women who tell him where his lost donkey is. 
where his lost donkeys are. He finds the the men who give him those loaves of bread, and then he finds this procession of prophets. And it's by this town called Gibeah, which again is in the tribe of Benjamin. And there it says when he's amongst the prophets, remember, he's got a changed heart, right? Well, we really see it here because it says the Spirit of God rushed upon him and he begins to prophesy. Now, it's not saying that Saul also could foresee the future like the prophets, but he probably began to praise God in in words and in ways that he probably didn't even understand. But the Holy Spirit just rushed upon him and all the other prophets were probably were full of the Holy Spirit too. And they're all singing and talking in ways and people are like, wow. Saul truly is being changed. And here we see the Holy Spirit upon him and people are starting to talk. And in fact, there is a phrase that comes out of it. And people are like, what has come over Saul? What has come over the son of Kish? And here's the phrase, is Saul also among the prophets? And it says there in 1 Samuel that that became a phrase, is Saul also among the prophets? What they're getting at is the Saul they knew before this would never have been among the prophets. I think Saul knew he was handsome and knew he was tall and he probably did some bad things and was involved with people and with situations and again was incompetent and not really good at what he does. He's dumb and then he's got some bad things that he chooses probably bad friends his heart was not towards Yahweh at all so when they saw him prophesying and being filled with this Holy Spirit the sense of God the people are like is Saul among the prophets it'd be like seeing one of your friends who steals or cheats on exams or one of your friends always breaking the law the worst attitude in the world and he decides to become the Pope, a priest, or some great preacher of God, you know, you'd be like, really? Is John really becoming a preacher? Is Saul really among the prophets? Again, that might be a slight dig at Saul, or that might be a sign of how much the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, has changed him. Well, Saul goes home, and he bumps into his uncle. And his uncle says, where have you gone? And he gives him a big hug. We were worried about you. We couldn't find you at all. What has happened to you? And and then and then we hear that you went to Samuel. What, what did Samuel, the seer, what did he tell you? What did he tell you? And at this point, Saul could have revealed everything. And I think he should have revealed everything. Guess what, Uncle Samuel told me? I'm going to be the king of Israel. Instead, he says, uh, Samuel told me where the, the donkeys were, and, and, and we found them. But the Bible says the matter of him being king and how he's going to be the head of the kingdom, Saul kept to himself. Now, again, this may be a sign of great humility, but I think it's a little glimmer of some problems we're going to see in later chapters. Saul is a liar. 
And I think that's why people said, is Saul really amongst the prophets? That guy lies all the time. And here he's still keeping that there. I'm not going to reveal everything to my uncle. I probably should, but you know what? I'm going to keep it to myself. In fact, I'm going to lie here. Samuel told him way more. Well, Samuel eventually goes to that town where people like to assemble in Israel. If you have to assemble a whole bunch of the nation of Israel to talk about a matter, you invite them to this town. And what's the name of the town? If you've been listening to the Bald Headed Bible podcast for any period of time, you know what town it is and you will yell it out. It begins with the letter M and it is Mizpah. He says, all right, Israel, show up to Mizpah. Bring your clan leaders. Bring your families by the thousands. I need you to show up because we have got news. I am going to introduce to you the king. And so the people show up. And over a period of days, they all come to Mizpah. And Samuel says he gets all the people ahead of him, all around him. And he, Samuel says, listen, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. And he gives this speech. He says, God says, I brought you up, Israel, out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today, you rejected your God. You rejected me as king who saves you from all your calamities and your distresses. And you've said to God, set a king over us. I mean, Samuel takes some time to remind them, we are here because you guys are idiots. (laughs) We are here because you are spiritually wrong. You made a wrong choice. You should be following God. It's like he punches him in the face. But then he says, but now... God is going to grant you your wish. I need you to present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And then by lot, they began to whittle down which tribe God was going to choose their next king from. And hope it's not the tribe of Judah. Hope it's not the tribe of Simeon. Hope it's not the tribe of Levi. Hope it's not the tribe of Dan, Asher, Gad, Naphtali. You know, no, boom, boom. Finally, it's from the tribe of Benjamin. Oh, one of the people are disappointed. Benjamin? They're a messed up tribe. So they brought the tribe of Benjamin forward, and then by lot, they began to break Benjamin down by its clans. All right, there's the clans of the Smiths. Nope, it's not you. There's the clans of the Fredericks. Nope, it's not you. Of the Wartburgs. Nope, it's not you. Of the Katzians. Nope, it's not you. Nope, it's not you. Finally, the clan of the Matrites was taken by Lot. All right, and then within that clan, you had other little families, and they said, all right, is it the Johnsons, the Swedbergs, the the Coopers, the nope, 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 nope. Oh, it's the family of Kish within the clan of Matrites, within the tribe of Benjamin. And then finally, of all the members, the family members of Kish... They drew the lot, and finally the lot fell upon Saul. And that's where we begin the story, and they turn around and whoop, whoop, where is he? Yay! And he's hiding 
amongst the baggage, amongst the luggage. And they finally pull Saul out. And the people shout, long live the king! Long live the king! Long live the king! And they are so excited. Saul is handsome. Best looking man in Israel. Saul is tall, really tall, taller than everybody else. He stood, the Bible keeps saying, head and shoulders above everybody else. And he's tall, he's handsome. Long live the king. And Samuel wrote down all the rights and all the duties of a king. And he wrote them in a book and he laid it up before the Lord. And then Samuel sends all the people away. And it says that some men of valor, which means men who can fight, men of strength, it says God touches their hearts. They said, we're going to go with Saul. That, that's our man. And we're going to go to Gibeah because that's basically where Saul is from. He goes back to his home in Gibeah. And these men of valor decide to go with him. But these worthless men, it says... Men with bad attitudes, men with probably debt back then. You were considered worthless if you had high ranges of debt. Or men who had no lineage or no family. Basically, men who would easily fall into crime. It says some worthless fellows like that said, How can this man save us? And they didn't bring him any present. and They didn't honor Saul at all. And at that moment, Saul, to his credit, could have raised this sword and whack, had their heads chopped off, right? But Saul, in one of his few moments of wisdom, he held his peace. He knew they were minority. Saul had his new entourage, men of valor. He's the king. He's heading home to Gibeah. The new anointed king? How could things not be better for Israel? They finally have a human king. Everything's awesome. Well, if you come back next week, you'll see the cracks begin to occur. Because like I said, we tend to look on the outward appearance, but throughout this story, there are little signs that this is not the king that the people should want. And they rejected their true king, Yahweh, you know, they rejected him. And I think in some ways God has given them a king who is going to be flawed to show them what it's like when you just choose your own king. And when you just choose a king based on outward appearance, and when you reject God's plan for your life, bad things are going to happen. Bad things. I just want to encourage you. Do your best to wait upon the Lord. Do your best every day. If you know the Lord is your Savior, before you make a major decision, seek His face, pray, Ask the Lord for wisdom. Search the scriptures. Surround yourself with wise counselors. Ask men and women who are godly, who have been in church and been in the Bible for decades. Ask them for wisdom. Pursue their knowledge. Don't pursue self. 
don't pursue your own desires and lusts. Be very careful. Seek God's face. Seek God's face. Thank you for listening to Bald Head Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.